It is good to see you this morning. Uh, I know I'm not the only one who's done this over the years, but uh, don't you kind of look towards the new year and say, this is what my hopes are, this is what I want to happen. You know, how many of us will go to the YMCA next week and try to work out for a day, and uh, it didn't work, so we stopped, but... You know, it's the busiest day, week of the year at every workout place, right? Who, who, who wants to lose weight next year? Who's going to lose weight next year? Exactly, exactly. So what I'd like to do is, is kind of get you to think about something rather than, than money or waistline or job production or what you expect of your kids and what I'd like to do is to challenge you this morning to think about a a really important thing that lost people matter to God and what I hope to do today is to challenge you to make that a part of your life that 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 it lost people don't just matter to God but they matter to me that, that's what I hope uh, to challenge you to today. And I'm certainly glad this morning that this lost person once mattered to Darlene Duke. When we moved to Johnstown in second grade, wasn't I cute? Uh, nobody thought I was cute. I walked into the school without any of my records. And because I spoke slowly and spoke with uh, very messed up words. I I spoke kind of like this. Hi, I'm Wobby Dobble. So immediately, since I didn't have any records, they thought I was stupid. And so I went to Mrs. McCurdy's second grade class, and she put me in a corner with kindergarten material and said, once you get through all this, sweetie, will let you do what you can do. I was ostracized. I wasn't, uh, wasn't really accepted by most of my peers. I was from the east side of Columbus. I was used to a whole different thing than country life. And there was this one lady, Mrs. Duke. I didn't know her by Darlene at that point. She was the, the librarian at the school. She started praying for me because she saw a lost little boy. You know what happened when I was 17? Her daughter led me to Christ. It took all of those years, but what I want you to see in my little story is that lost people matter to God. You know, back a lot of years ago, I was taking some doctor of ministry classes, and and the professor challenged us to to sit down and write out our foundational values as pastors. And I want to show you part of one of mine. I will show you the ending at the, the end of this message, or you can look at it right now in your outline if you got one. But if you would look at that with me, read it with me. The foundational value set forth in the Bible is that all people, regardless of age, race, or background, matter to God. Can I get amen? Amen. 
He creates all persons with potential and purpose and desires them to be in fellowship with Him by making Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. All people matter to God. Luke 15 is is Jesus' way to challenge us to believe that and to live it. And so, you're welcome to open your Bibles. It's a long passage. Can you handle a long passage on New Year's Eve? Alright? I'm sorry I'm not breaking it down, but it's one parable, not three. So here we go. Luke 15 is in the New Testament. If you're struggling to find it, you can look in your index too. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. See, we're already in trouble. We're already in trouble. That's not who, who, who good religious folk are supposed to hang around with. But, see, I told you, but the Pharisees and the teacher of the law muttered. Some passages say grumbled. They weren't happy. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Everybody say it's one parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep. Anybody here have sheep? Okay. Sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way that there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents and over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. The parable continues, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins. How many of you have have coins. All right, you can relate to that one a little better. Silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Jesus continued, see I told you, it's one parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered, everybody say squandered, squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. Now he's Jewish. This is a problem. Would you say this is a problem? All right. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. I've got a dog. I've never, ever thought, you know, I I think I'll go down to that bowl and see what that food's about. You know, this guy's desperate. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And 
here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. Isn't that a beautiful statement? And was filled with compassion on him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted cat and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate For this son of mine was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and is found, so they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing, so he called one of the servants and asked him, What was going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father's killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry. And he refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, You are always with me and everything I have is yours but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again he was lost and he's found would you pray with me lost and found father I pray that your holy spirit would work in our midst as we we look into your word this morning that that, that we would not just believe that lost people matter to God, that they would matter to us. And Lord, if this morning we find ourselves in a position of being lost, may your word penetrate our hearts that we would believe that we matter to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Lost. Lost. And so, do you notice the father ends the sentence lost and found? Lost. Do lost people matter to God? That is the question of this text because the Pharisees are saying lost people do not matter to God. They mumbled and grumbled because Jesus was hanging around a bunch of sinners. The whole story is for them. The whole story is for us who have forgotten that lost people do matter to God. So there's, there's three ways that, that Jesus shows that lost things matter. The first one is this story of the sheep and the shepherd, right? You have this this shepherd who has a hundred sheep. And what Jesus is saying, lost sheep matter to the shepherd. Nobody's going to argue with that, right? You can't. 
Lost sheep matter to the shepherd. Let's say that. Lost sheep matter to a shepherd. Now, how many of you know what a sheep is? All right. Sheep do not get lost intentionally. Sheep get lost because they wander away from the flock. Or they let the flock wander away from them. Because the sheep starts eating over here, and maybe the rest of them start going this way, but it's really intrigued by the filet mignon grass. And so it's, it's eating it, and it's going this way, and everybody's going that way, and soon... It looks around, and it's all by himself. What does the sheep do at that point? It stays right where it is, and it starts to scream. Bah! Bah! Why? Because it knows if it's not with the rest of the sheep, it is lost. Maybe some of you can... Relate to that this morning. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't something that you planned out, but, but you just have noticed that you're very far away from the shepherd. And see, a sheep is always smart enough to yell for help, knowing and trusting that the shepherd will come. Because sheep know that lost sheep matter to shepherds. So then there's this story of the coin, and lost coins matter to widows. How many of you have ever lost a coin before? Have you ever gone searching for a coin? I know I have enough money. I used to do this. Uh, a, a cheese pizza with extra sauce at Villa Pizza costs $3. And I would be going through the, the mattresses and couches in my house and figure out, because I didn't have any. And you know, you'd be finding and searching and moving. And you'd get so excited when you found that $3. Dollars. See, law, nobody can argue with the fact that lost, that's a day wages, that coin is. Now, for some of, some of you who have lots of coins, you, you lose coins all the time and don't think about it. But for a widow who only has so much, that coin is precious. Now, what's the difference between a sheep and a coin? A coin is not responsible for its lostness. Hmm. Who lost the coin? Who misplaced the coin? Now, I I want you to think about this. Pharisees looked at Jesus and were mad because he was hanging around two types of people sinners and tax collectors. And they're thought process was they deserve what they get. Did you know we are all born lost coins? We are not lost because of anything we did. We're lost because we were born lost. 
Adam and Eve in the garden ensured that all of us were born lost, then we, well, our hope is that, that we are born into a family that helps us see, but some people aren't so blessed. Would you agree with me? See, lost coins. And maybe you're a lost sheep today, but maybe you're a lost coin. You don't know what you did. It's just always been that way. But there's a, a, a third story here. Lost sons matter to fathers. Any father? Got an amen? Can we be inclusive in this and say lost sons matter to mothers, moms? Can we say lost daughters matter to father and mother? I, I don't want you to miss this. This is really important. See, now the Pharisees are struggling because, you know, if you look at Pharisaical law, if your son messes up, you cut them off. They're sitting there thinking, no, lost sons do not matter to fathers. And Jesus is saying, oh, but he does. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. How many? The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the state. But while he was still a long way off, his father, is this beautiful? Saw him. Saw him. What I want you to see, the coin doesn't do anything to get lost. It is just lost. The sheep wanders off. Not purposely, but on accident. This story of a son who walked away from a father. And some of you are that son or daughter. And some of you today is a struggle because you're that father or mother who sees your child and is waiting for them is filled with compassion. See, Jesus is building a case. Listen. Here it is. If a lost sheep matters to a shepherd, if a lost coin matters to a widow, and a lost son matters to a father, then how much more do lost people matter to God? See, I was a stopping, I was at a point uh, in my life, early in my ministry, that, that I, I believed this, but I wasn't living it. You know, that, that found people matter. I was, I, 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 I believed it. Do you understand the difference? I believed it, but I wasn't living it. Now, Adam, my son, turned 21 yesterday. Can you believe that? You know what's harder to believe? That a 29-year-old woman could have a 21-year-old son. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? That just boggles my mind how that math works. But, uh, but he had a rough start. And about three months into his life, after being in and out of the hospital, uh, he was really struggling. He was on oxygen, but he was still uh, not doing well. And his pulse ox, which measures the oxygen, was going down and down. And it was about in, in the 80th percentile. It was like running 79 to 82, which is not good. You want to be around 90 to 100, right? And so it's not good. And, and, and I'm just trusting in the Lord. And I go out. And I was always one who walked my neighborhood 
and uh, prayed for my family, prayed for my church, and I started praying for Adam like I had never prayed before. And I said, Father, if you love him, please let him breathe. Help his numbers go up. And God gave me a vision of Abraham and Isaac. That's not the vision I want, Lord. And he said this to me. He said, Rob, your son is okay no matter what. Then he showed me souls screaming from the houses around my neighborhood. And he said, they are not. Why have you never prayed for them like you're praying for your son? See, lost people matter to God, but do they really matter to me? And see, each one of these, let's go back to the coin for a moment, that lost coins matter. Now look at this statement that Jesus makes about the lost coin as or the lost sheep as the shepherd celebrates and says Woo, I found the sheep I found the sheep then Jesus turns it around and says just like that in heaven when one sinner repents there's rejoicing do you see how he flipped it do you see what he did Why aren't you rejoicing? Why aren't you rejoicing that tax collectors and sinners are hanging out with me and they are finding a relationship with God? See, the lost coin, the same thing, the widow celebrates and Jesus says, just like that! Up in heaven, when a lost sinner, everybody say lost sinner, repents heaven rejoices because that's cooler to god one is cooler than god to god than all of us singing praises to him that's how much lost people matter to god there's one more right there's a story of the son And the son comes and lost sons matter to God. He ran to his son. Isn't this beautiful? He ran to his son. His arms around him and kissed him. Maybe your picture of God today because you are lost is that he's back there mad at you. Yet this is a totally different picture of a father who loves you and is waiting to wrap his arms around you. What do they do? He was lost and he is found. So what are we going to do? Celebrate good times. Come on. Do 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 do. But there's the other son. With his arms across 
and he's angry. And essentially what he's saying, I know that lost sons matter to fathers. I know lost people matter to God. Here's the pinch. But they don't matter to me. They don't matter to me. Isn't this a continual challenge to the church? We can get so wrapped up in ourselves and our programs and all of those different things that there's nothing wrong with. And we start forgetting and drifting away of one of the core values of the church that lost people matter to God and me. Let me show you what I wrote. After I wrote that theological part, I put, therefore I will do everything I can to witness and minister through the love of Jesus Christ to all people in as many ways as God inspires me to do through the work of the Holy Spirit. In my 25 years of experience of doing church, I haven't met very many Christians who don't believe the first part. But I also haven't met a lot of Christians who do the second part as the thing that makes their heart beat strong. I want to challenge you as you go into 2008, on the bottom of your outline, if you have one, this entire statement is on there. I want to invite you to maybe think about signing that, saying, this is going to be one of my values for 2018. I'm not going to just believe that, that lost people matter to God. I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can do to witness and minister through the love of Jesus Christ to all people in as many ways as God inspires me to do through the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm going to do. I'll tell you what, if every church in the United States said this is going to be a value that we live out, not just believe, do you think the United States would look a little bit different by the end of 2018? Are you there? Do you think? So where do we start? We don't start with them, we start with me. So let me give you some things to pray about this morning as we sing a song that expresses God's love to me in a remarkable way. So you might have noticed there's a bunch of yellow sheets up here with pens. We started this a few months ago. If you go into the storage, the prayer room, and uh, the storage prayer room, uh, a few people who took evangelism training uh, 300 wrote up the names of the people they're praying for intentionally to know Christ in 2017. What I want to invite you to do is to come up. And, you know, I, I think you can do things at your seat. So if you want to grab one and write it on your seat. But I, I think there is something 
amazing that happens when, when we make an effort and we bow down and we, we just kind of make a special effort to say the, these are some... Uh, what I want to know is, is, do you know some sheep you can write down their names? Do you know some coins that you can write down their names? Do you have some lost sons? lost daughters that you can write down their names and and what i pledge to do all of them are going to be in that prayer room and those will get prayed for and what i want you to do is pledge to pray for that one and i want to challenge you to occasionally come into that prayer room and continue to pray for some of you you need a greater confidence in sharing the love of jesus with others And evangelism training 100 starts next Sunday at 5.30. It's a five-week class to help you be confident in sharing the love of Jesus with others. This is totally different than the discipleship training classes. The discipleship training teaches you how to be a disciple. Evangelism training teaches you how to make disciples. And so if you're on the other end and you're saying, you know what, I'm that lost sheep. I'm that lost coin. I'm that lost son or daughter. Well, we have discipleship training for you to help you understand God's Word. That starts Tuesday night at 7 o'clock and Sunday night at 7 o'clock. You can take either one. That's a six-week class. But it begins with saying yes to Jesus. And so as you listen to this song, and you say to yourself, yes, I need the Father's love. I've strayed so far away from it. I've never known it. I knew it. And I intentionally walked away from it. Make this the day you return to Him. If you want to do that, just come up to either of those doors and some of our prayer folks will come and join you and pray with you. However Jesus is calling call you to respond and I hope you have the best 2018 that you've ever had amen church will you stand with me